Sober in the city, real life, real addiction, real recovery. Call in now from all over the USA, 1-800-SOBER-05. Welcome back. Here's your on-air sponsor, Debbie Strand. This is Sober in the City, brought to you by Believe Treatment Center. Believe Treatment Center understands and treats all forms of addiction. Call now, 1-855-874-2354, or visit believetreatmentcenter.com. Advisors are standing by to tell you how they can help and how your insurance can pay for it. I'm Debbie Strand with Sober in the City, here to tell you about how I got sober and how I'm maintaining my sobriety one day at a time. We're also talking about life issues. We all have them. If you're in recovery, you want to be, maybe you should be, or maybe your mother's out on a bender and hasn't come home in a few days. We all have life issues and we all still deal with this life one day at a time. Call us 800-SOBER-05. 800-SOBER-05. Tell me what's going on with you. Call me, 800-SOBER-05, and visit us at SoberInTheCity.com and listen live on the Sober in the City app for Apple Android devices. And if you or someone you love needs to get into detox, rehab, or needs an intervention, call me, 800-SOBER-05. I am here to help. We're going to talk about the cost of addiction. I posted the question on Facebook and got a lot of answers. To try to add it up in a financial cost was one way that people looked at it. Another way is that they lost their families, they lost their self-respect, dignity. A lot said that they lost everything. I know for me, I lost a chance and a choice to have a family. It just doesn't make sense at this stage of the game for me to start having kids. But I also lost the potential of what might have been. My path has been altered forever, and since I have gotten sober, I've made a good life for myself, but sometimes I can't help but wonder, what might have been? Do you ever wonder what could have been? What potential you failed to reach because of addiction? What else have you lost because of addiction? Call me, 800-SOBER-05, 800-SOBER-05. We're going to go to Jason in Ohio. Jason, welcome to Sober in the City. Thanks, Debbie. How are you? You know, I'm good. I'm sober. I'm alive. I'm feeling strong in my sobriety. And I'm just really ready. I feel like I've integrated back into life and that I'm part of society and that I'm living my life and that sober is the normal now. It's the new normal. How about you? How are you doing with your sobriety? I'm doing great. How long are you sober? Doing it one day at a time. How many one day at a times have you done? Well, let's see. I've been sober since September of 2011, so I haven't counted the days. But, uh, <laughs> they have an app for that. <laughs> probably last <laughs> Well, that's great. That's good. Well, can you share on the topic, please? We're talking about the cost of addiction. What does it cost you? And what does the cost of addiction, what does that mean to you? Well, it's, you know, the obvious, obviously the financial stuff. Um, that was pretty huge with me. The, uh, the IRS involuntarily supported my habit for several years before I got sober. And uh, I'm still making amends on that one. That's going to take a while. That's, uh, 
unfortunately, I discovered that you can just claim exempt, and they don't really say anything, at least for a few years. So, um, that yeah, that's a big one. But uh, I, I think the more important stuff to me is really the uh, you know a lot of what I've gotten a lot of back, which is relationships, it's family, friends, employers. Um, you know, the, I think part of the nature of, of this disease I have is is a lack of honesty, a lack of trustworthiness, and uh, you know that that does damage in human relationships after a while, and it certainly did in mine. Um, you know, I've, I've always had a very loving, supporting family, thank God, and you know, I've been able to rebuild the majority of those relationships. But uh, you know, I, I did lose a marriage uh, to this disease, and. Um, you know, thank God I've still got my kids. I have custody of my kids, um, but that's only by the grace of God. And uh, yeah, and there there are a lot of costs besides financial. I think um, self respect is a big one. You know, I, I really have had to rebuild a relationship with me, and that's that's still a work in progress. So there there are many costs to this disease, and, and there's no area of my life that it didn't touch. What do you think about the loss of potential? What do you think that you would have done or possibly would have accomplished? What were you on the journey to do when you were derailed by addiction? I don't know if you're like me. You know, I started using pretty early in life. Yeah, I did too. And, you know, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't think about that a whole lot because, uh, you know, the reality is I don't have any way of knowing. I, I started drinking heavily when I was in, you know, my 14, 15 years old. Um, <clears throat> so it's hard to say, you know, I mean, it was a long way from, from reaching any kind of potential at that point anyways. Um, I guess the bottom line is I'm pretty darn happy with where I'm at in my life today in terms of relationships and everything else. Um, so I don't, you know, I've kind of reached that point where I don't regret the past necessarily. I think it, I, you know, it took what it took to get me where I am today. Uh, I have no idea what would have been different, to be honest with you, Debbie. I don't have any way of knowing and uh, try not to spend a lot of time fantasizing about it because that just messes with my head. So, <laughs> Well, that's a very healthy attitude, Jason. I like that a lot. You talk about um, having to repair the relationships and gain trust back with people. And you've even, with just a couple of years sobriety, ended up with custody of your children. How has that process come about? Well, the uh, the relationship I came out of when I first got sober, uh, we were both heavily into drinking and using. And uh, I got sober and she didn't. And, you know, that's that's kind of the bottom line. I think I don't necessarily have custody of my kids through any um, grand, uh, you know, position of myself. I mean, it's nothing I've done terribly well, um, but really kind of by default, you know, I was sober and, and she wasn't. And, and uh, it was still a battle. It was a process. It took, uh, it took quite a while to, to bring that together. But fortunately, we had a, a, uh, a legal system and a judge that, that really looked for what was best for the kids and what gave them the best shot at life. And, and I believe they made the right choice. I'm sure they made the right choice. Um, you know, unfortunately... Their mom is still out there and uh, really isn't isn't a parent in their lives, which is a sad thing. Um, but that's something I don't have any control over. You know, all I can do is pray for her and, and uh, try to remind them once in a while that she's not a bad person. She's a sick person and get them through it as best I can. How old are your children? I've got a 13-year-old and an 8-year-old. 13-year-old daughter, 8-year-old son. Wow, that's got to be really... Uh, I'm remarried, too, and have some awesome stepkids. Oh, that's terrific, because that's got to be really hard on them not having their mom around and trying to understand that, but yet, at that age, they're very aware. Yeah, yep. 
Well, it's you know it's been a it's been a thing that's that's been a part of their lives for a long time. My original sobriety date was February of two thousand eight, and uh, <clears throat> you know the bottom line is these these kids probably know as much about addiction and and you know chemical abuse as I do, and uh, they you know they've been exposed to it pretty much their whole lives, and they're they're unfortunately very familiar with the with the disease. Well, I'm really hoping that what we're going to see in our near future is this next generation coming up that saw all of us doing what we did, not do what we did. Now, we hear a lot of people in meetings, and I'm sure you do too, Jason, I do all the time, people who saw their parents and said, I'm never going to become them. But there's so much more education and there's so much more awareness now. I really think the next generation coming up has more hope. Do you see it that way? You know, I certainly hope so. <clears throat> Although I know that uh, from my own experience and from what the program has taught me, the you know the, the any level of knowledge is not going to stop an alcoholic from being an alcoholic. Um, you know, I'm not sure how that works if that knowledge comes about before the disease kicks in, or you know, I don't really have any way of knowing that it's going to. I hope it's not. Um, the best thing I can do, I think, as a dad right now, and it's been a big part of rebuilding relationships in my life, is is just be open and honest, and and I expose these kids to recovery. Uh, you know, they've come to meetings with me a lot. They uh, they have relationships with with other people in recovery that I have relationships with, and that's a huge part of it. You know, I think if they're, I, I my theory at least is, my hope is that if they're exposed to recovery the way they were the, to the disease, that uh, that their chances will be much better than mine were. And then even if they did end up exercising in the negative realm, let's say, that maybe they'll come out of it a little bit quicker because they'll know the path, they'll know the yeah, way, and they'll know well, how gonna, to turn to it. Know what, absolutely. They're going to know what the disease looks like a lot better than I did, and they're going to know where to go for help. You know, and those are those are probably the best things I can give them at this point. I agree. We've got Denise on the line. Denise is from Texas. Denise, it's uh, Cottondale, Texas. Welcome to Sober in the City. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm great, Denise. Um, you hear us talking about the topic, what has addiction cost you? How would you like to respond to that? There's so many different ways to look at that, whether it be financial, what potential you've missed, what things you've ruined in your life, what have you not been able to get back? Maybe you've gotten some of your things back. Where are you at on this topic, Denise? Well, I'm at where addiction took me to the bottom of the bottom. I um, lost one marriage. And I lost two kids due to my disease. And then I got remarried, and I have another child. But my first two child, my first two kids, um, I got one that's on the fence with me. Sometimes she's there, sometimes she's not. And then I have another son that totally hates me and doesn't want nothing to do with me. And besides me being in addiction during all this process and losing custody of my kids, Whenever their father took custody of them, all that he did was downgrade me. He wasn't as supportive as Jason was. He just told the kids everything and anything and made up stories about me. So my kids don't know, you know, and one of them doesn't give me the night light of day to even see where I am and who I've become. Because through all of this, I have one child that totally loves me. He's there. He's been through hell and back with me because I went three years out on the streets and he didn't know where I was at. And, but, but he's my anchor. He's what keeps me going. 
and we have an awesome relationship today, and we're very open. And um, I I lost my house. I lost I lost everything, and whenever I got the money for my house, that all went right up my nose. You know, so I lost my morals, my values. I sold my soul to the devil is what I did for a long time. But today, thank God to the 12 Steps and to a hard sponsor that kicked me in the butt and made me work those steps as honestly as I could, I'm seven years clean and sober today. Wow, congratulations. Well, thank you. And today I can look people in the eye and um, I put my hand out to my kids, but I don't push because I know it's my decisions. It was my, it was where I was at. You know, I can't take it back. All I can do is keep moving forward no matter what happens and let them know that I'm not ever going to return and let them know that whenever they're ready, I'm there with open arms, you know, and I pray to God that one day they will be ready and come back to me. But only God knows that. I don't. How old is that son that you say is your anchor now? um, He's 21. That's fantastic. He's 21. And then your older, and then your other children are older than him. Yes, ma'am. I got a twenty-eight and a twenty-six-year-old. My twenty-eight-year-old, she's on the fence, and then my twenty-six-year-old, he's the one that just doesn't want nothing to do with me. So, gosh, that's hard. You know, seven years. I, you know, I could see it a couple of years, and they're still not sure and a little untrusting. But you know, seven years is a pretty decent chunk. I'm sorry you're still going through that, but. I guess I could understand their side of it, too. I mean, we get damaged as kids, and then what do we do with it? Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's why I said I understand. I don't have, you know, I'm more mad at myself. But the, but the anger and everything that I had at myself, I decided to go to school. And I am now an intern at um, being a licensed chemical dependency counselor. And I feel that my past, me losing my kids, me doing everything that I did in my past has given me the strength and the courage to help other women. And so that's what I try to do today is to help other women not go through what I have to do go through. When I see them in the process of almost losing their kids, I'm like, come on now. You know, I try to give them, help them with my story so they don't have to go through what I do. You know, they don't have to get that letter of hate that my son wrote me, you know. They don't have to get all that. And hopefully I can just help one mom not go through the depths that I went through. You know, and I did my job. I do a lot of that, too, because I never had children. And I feel like that choice of having a family was taken from me through addiction. So I do help a lot of women. I take in a lot of pregnant women and try to help them to have clean babies and to learn how to take care of themselves and to be strong mothers and to make better choices in their future about the men that they're choosing to bring into their babies' lives. Yes, and that's hard, you know, because they're lost and confused. Whenever we're in the middle of our disease, we don't know right from wrong. All that we know is that our disease has us and it wants more. And wherever that more is at, that's where we're going. Very true. You know, so, yeah, so it's, the disease, it's, it's so scary and sad, you know, and I'm just grateful that I made it through to where I am today. And as long as I keep doing what I'm doing, you know, I'll be on the right track. Hey, Jason, do you have any words of advice, wisdom or experience that you can share with Denise that uh, maybe w- would help her bridge a gap with her children that uh, are on the fence with her? Boy, that's a, you know, that's a tough one. I, I didn't get to that point um, 
because I've been the custodial parent, you know, I've had an opportunity to rebuild those relationships. Um, I, I can tell you what to work with my kids is just being rigorously honest, you know, how to, how to do that without them being willing to talk to you. I don't know. I mean, that's tough. I wish I had some, some great words of wisdom, but I haven't been quite where she's at. Yeah. Denise, do you send letters to, I mean, do they still get Christmas cards and birthday cards and gifts? And I mean, how far out do you my put yourself? My son does it. No, my one that's on the fence, she receives things from me. And um, the one that doesn't want nothing to do with me, he won't accept nothing from me. And so I see him on Facebook and so I'll send him a message on Facebook telling him I love him and, you know, I'm here. And that's my only way of contact. Whenever I did have his cell phone number and I tried calling him, he just went off the handle on me. So that I stay away from. You so know, you're respecting a boundary. He's a, you know, you're respecting a boundary for him, and he's a grown man, and I think that's great. And I think it's really generous of you because we could be selfish and want that love from our children so much that we'll end up hurting exactly. them trying to get it. So kudos to you, Denise. You know, and and that's it. I want their love, and I know deep down they love me, but they're lost and they're confused, and until they're willing to. Um, Give me the light of day. Give me a chance, you know, tear down their wall some. It's never going to change. But that's all between them and God, actually. Not me. All I can do is be there with an open arm. Are either of them affected by the disease? I mean, are they in addiction themselves or your um, the father? Um, their dad, I... That's not a very good subject. I'm not sure. I don't think he is anymore. Whenever we were together, we were both drinking really, really heavy. Um, my daughter, no. My son, the one that doesn't want nothing to do with me, um, from my understandings, yes, he's in the middle of addiction, too. So that's partly his problem, yeah. you know, and I know that. Yeah, and then my son, that's, yeah, my son that's 21, um, he went through a phase where he did, you know, he experimented, but he knew because... He lived through with addiction through his whole life, you know, and um, today I'm very happy to say that it doesn't look like he's going to be an alcoholic or an addict like Yay. me and his father were. Yay. You know, he, <laughs> you know he does, he's lost contact with most of his high school friends that all they do is sit around and drink, you know, he's... He, he works, he's got a fiancé, you know, they're, they're working for things. Good they're signs, good around. signs. It's, yeah, you know, he's 21 and he's got such a much better head than me and his father did at that age. <laughs> I'm very proud of him and the decisions <laughs> he's made, you know, and I think part of that has to do with, you know, where he did come from, because it was a violent life whenever he was a child, me and his father would get physical with each other, and it was all because of the disease. Yeah. You know, and so he, he went through hell. You know, his childhood was not easy. And it was all because of the decisions me and his father made. But today, me and his father are both sober seven years. And there is no violence in our life. Everything has changed due to the 12 steps. We went from the 12 steps. And then we needed to go on a spiritual side. And we are very close to God today. You know, and so our lives have done a 360. And he sees that. 
Well, it sure sounds like you've done everything you can to clear up the wreckage of your past and let your children set their own boundaries and you've let them know that you're there for them. And I don't know what else you can do, but keep living an amazing life. Congratulations on seven years. That's fantastic. We've got Kevin. Thank you. You're welcome. We've got Kevin on the line from Brooklyn, New York. Kevin, welcome to Sober in the City. How are you? Thank you, Debbie. And uh, thank you, Jason and Denise, for your honesty. It's uh, been helpful for me just to uh, be able to listen as well. Kevin, are you on a speakerphone or something? You sound a little bit like you're in a tin can. Um, I moved to the kitchen so I wouldn't get the car horns if the noon traffic was <laughs> outside my window. And then the, the sad part of that is, is it uh, has a cavernous sound. Let me move back because most of the traffic has yeah. moved on through. We'll be better with traffic. How's that? I think it's a little bit better. Better? Yeah. So, Kevin, what do you think about the topic? What have you lost for addiction? What was the cost to you? Oh, God, Debbie, I think probably it might be easier to, to figure out what, what wasn't the cost. Uh, it's, uh, I lost my mind. I lost homes. I lost property. I lost friends. I lost family. I, uh, you know, I really don't know what I didn't lose. Uh, it's it pretty much everything at, 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 at some point or another. The thing I guess I lost really that was most damaging was perspective. I mean, during most of that, uh, undescribed loss there, I, I was unaware of it. You know, I, I was completely oblivious to the fact that I was losing all of those things. You know, I just, I thought I was still on top of the world. This disease had me so convinced of, of uh, the grandiosity of, of the imaginings that I was, that <laughs> I was, it was, I was oblivious to, uh, to most of it. Isn't uh, it crazy how we're right like, in the middle of it and we don't see it? Yeah, I, it's, well, you know, cunning and baffling. It yeah. uh, definitely is. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of it. You know, I had a pretty strong career of uh, drinking. So uh, I, uh, there were times where, you know, I could, you know, still look back on. And, uh, you know, all of it wasn't bad. There was certainly much horror and uh, more clarity and, and distance I get from it, the more honesty that will fill that gap, you know, I realized how much horror, but, uh, you know, not all of it was bad. I had some good times and did some very good things during all of that. So that's the lie that, that the in-between, you know, it's like it, it, I want to tell myself that it was all, man, I wasn't that bad. And then, you know, I'll sit and listen to someone else's story in, in a meeting or, or like today. And, and uh, you know, I, I realized, you know, yeah, it, it, don't kid yourself. It was, it was pretty crappy, you know, and uh, it's certainly not a place I want to go back to. Oh, I've, I'll be on six years this February, so it's... Congratulations. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a miracle to me. I mean, to even hear myself say that is like, you know, are you sure? And I had to look on my app <laughs> <laughs> to make sure, you know, my February 24th, 2007, yeah, okay. You know, it's 2,146 days for those who are counting. So it's, <laughs> uh, it's uh, you know... The record's still 24 hours, so it's like I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, that's all I can do. You know, it's, I, I'm encouraged, though, by, by both uh, Denise and Jason. I really do appreciate being able to be a part of this talk today because, you know, I've got a 21-year-old daughter. She turns 21 in February, and uh, I was gone 15, now 17 years of her life. And, uh, but she's been back in my life the last two uh, via... God bless Facebook and uh, emails and texts. And that's how we have uh, mainly been able to communicate. And uh, it's been a 
you know, a feeling out and a touch and go. You know, it's, there's days it's great, and I think we're getting, you know, some real strength back. And then there's days where uh, she'll be gone for days and weeks and not want to communicate. And, you know, from everyone I've talked to of parents that uh, have 20 years or some of my friends that have not had uh, the affliction of this disease, you know, that's normal parenting. You know, kids do that. But, uh, you know, of course, I take it all on myself and punish myself with it. And that's the hardest road for me with that relationship is, is to not, you know, that's the vanity of it. It's easier for me to run into the punishment of myself than it is to just allow it to be what it is. You know, my disease wants me to latch on to what's going to get me closer to a drink. And uh, so I have to be careful with that. I also have to respect my daughter's right to be angry. You know, she has a right to be angry. She has a right to, to be confused. She has a right to, to, you know, take this at her pace. And uh, that's the thing that I have. That's the only gift I can give her is what I've heard both the other guests say. You know, the honesty that I have to allow her to find her way with this. And if she wants a relationship, which I pray and hope for every day. And, um, but uh, I have to also be willing to uh, allow her to choose not and, uh, and just love her as a, as a father who has to pray for his daughter and, and hope. Well, I think it's terrific that you're allowing her to come to you in your own time, because I think if you just went at her, you would chase her away. Denise, do you agree with that, that if he was to chase after his daughter, he'd probably end up chasing her away? Most definitely, I do agree with that 100%, because his daughter is so lost, confused, and she's so pissed off at him still. And our kids have a right to be pissed off at us. Why were we so selfish and we let drugs and alcohol come before them? You know, and that's the disgusting thing about this disease is it takes our families away. And it's too late for us to realize that whenever we do realize that. So props on at least her wanting to come back into your life. That's awesome. You know, I was just sitting here yeah, thinking. I, I feel very grateful for that. I was just sitting here thinking, you know, I didn't have kids, but I had this golden retriever. And even the last five months that I was ripping and running so hard, I had to leave him out at my brother's. And I spent, he was alive for five years of my sobriety. And I spent those five years trying to make it up to that dog. You know, I really well, did. Course. I can't even imagine what you all go through with children. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, dogs are family too. You, 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 he loved you and you went on and abused him just like we did to our kids. You know, maybe not physically, but we did mentally and emotionally. That just not being there for him, that not playing frisbee anymore, that go lay down, mommy's exactly. smoking crack. <laughs> I don't know how many times I said that exactly. to him, you know? That's terrible. Yeah. Oh, I'm hating myself right now. Okay. Yeah, so what you guys said is that I'm not allowed to beat myself up because that gets me closer to a drink, right? So I don't want to think those thoughts, right? That's right. Yeah, that's, and, that's the, the, the really, really the, the tightrope that has to be walked there. Because, I mean, it, my daughter is an amazing human being. I mean, we've gotten close enough, and she's opened up to me. When it first happened, um, it was actually on Father's Day, and she texted me. And I had been fighting with my brother and other family members to please, 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 please pass my number along. At least do that, you know, because I had no... I had nothing, 
to be able to even initiate. You know, I and it had to go through the mercy of, of, of other family members who had their own grudges. And so it was quite the road for me to even, in humility, to try to even open the door or allow an opportunity for light to crack through. And my brother, for whatever reason, you know, he's got 10 years, but he hasn't been going to meetings for over six. And, you know, I, I try not to do his inventory on that. But, you know, I worry about him as well. But, you know, he hasn't had a drink or a drug. And, you know, but he, whatever reason, he uh, passed on the number. And my daughter texted me on Father's Day to see if it was all right if she called me. And, you know, I was in a Home Depot doing a return in line, and I broke down and cried and you know, oh, wow. like, lost it. You know, wow. standing in, in a line at Home Depot, and I said, well, you know, I text her back, give me, give me one minute, and, <laughs> and, and I'll call you at this number. You know, I walked outside, and I, you know, I, I walked, you know, probably from that Home Depot to my house here, it was like five miles, and I walked, and we had the most incredible talk. Thank you, Kevin, Denise, and Jason so much for being here and talking with us on Sober in the City and to be so honest about your children and your private lives with us. Thank you so much. When we come back, more about the cost of addiction and what does that mean to you? 800-SOBER-05. Sober in the City will be right back. And just because much has been lost doesn't mean there isn't still much to gain. We'll be right back. Standing at the back door, she tried to make it fast. Once you hit the hardwood, it fell like broken glass. She said sometimes love slips away. At Belief Treatment Center, we understand. We understand you are struggling. That's why our treatment nourishes mind, body, and spirit. We understand that recovery works differently for everyone. That's why we design individual treatment programs specifically for you. At Believe Treatment Center, we understand that it's not easy. That's why we offer a comprehensive scope of services, including nutrition, massage, chiropractic, and aftercare for you and even for your family. Believe Treatment Center is a 12-step friendly, state-of-the-art facility located in gorgeous Palm Beach County, Florida. We are experts in all types of addiction and recovery, and we are proud sponsors of Sober in the City. To find out more about our program and how your insurance may cover your treatment, call us today at one 855 874-2354 That's 855-874-2354 1-855-874-2354 Or visit BelieveTreatmentCenter.com Believe Treatment Center We understand